0: Truth, 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 truth. Welcome to Trusting the Truth of Samuel Tolly, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. Are you God's man? Are you a saved man? What you call to righteousness and holiness, it's time to step up. All of God's men must step up. We've laid back for far too long. We've avoided the fight. Now the enemy is strong. The sidelines, they are gone and the battle lines have been drawn. This is a battle that starts on our knees or on our face if he so pleased. God didn't call women to lead. Many called to take a stand, to stand for our families, to stand for our land. Many called to illuminate the way. Darkness must flee in the light of day. Men dedicate to him and him alone. Men who garner strength from his mighty throne. Oh, my brothers, it's time to stand. If If we stand, it won't be alone. doing this is sam tolly for trusting the truth and today we start our inaugural manly monday Manly monday is designed to bring godly men together to discuss the things that we need to discuss many things that society does not want to discuss and today i have the perfect gentleman for that men whose podcasts god and government and you know the funny thing is these men just like me Talk about the things that folks say when you get together. You should never talk about religion and politics. So I'm gonna bring in John Steinrich and Mark Richardson from God and Government.
1: Hello. Hey hey.
0: hey, hey, gentlemen. So here we are. All right, God and government, and trusting the truth. I tell you, with, with government, you don't never know if you got the truth or not.
1: <laughs> well, oh, you know, God, you know the old aphorism yeah. is that if the politicians lips are moving they're lying so <laughs> right probably <Yeah>. not them
2: <laughs> well the politician truth is very relative so yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe distant cousins i don't know maybe third third uncle <laughs> twice removed you never know yeah well, you
0: know it, it, it flip-flops so much you know i i started a thing called the daily dose and i did one the other thing about uh, the other thing the other day about Uh, double speak. And I use this Tanji Jackson as an example, when she was having her Senate of her, the senators were interviewing her for the Supreme Court. And so Senator Feinstein asked her, would you support abortion? Right. And she says, yeah, I believe in a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy. So then Senator Blackburn came in and said, "Uh, can you define a woman? And she said, no, I can't. So,
1: <laughs> you gonna,
0: you know, how is a person gonna defend something she doesn't even know what she's talking about? I mean, it's pure doublespeak.
1: Only a college education could produce that kind of thinking. Yeah.
2: Or or a job or a job at CNN. one of the two?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, maybe. Well, they got some openings on ESPN.
0: Maybe they some of those folks That's too. That's true. But, yeah. But God and government. Yes, John and Mark. So I'd w- like you guys to uh, say a little bit about yourselves. I mean, I like
1: I said, I know a
0: little bit, but other mm. folks don't. So whoever wants to go first, go
1: for wow. it. Wow. Can I can I go first, Mark, please? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Well, my name is John Steinrich. And um, yeah, it, it, if, if there's anyone to blame for the God and Government podcast, it's me, because I came up with this idea. And um, Mark and I have been working on this in one fashion or another for about seven years. And what happened was around the 2016 election, uh, Mark and I were in the congregation and uh, I think we both noticed that people were not paying attention to facts or uh, policies or anything like that. They were just sort of willy-nilly going on their emotions, right? And, And the church itself was not doing anything to kind of instruct people on how to navigate the political scene. And so we started a discussion group about this to say, look, um, we're Christians first, and so our politics have to be informed by the Bible. And um, so whatever you end up, how you vote, okay, I know what I believe, you may believe differently, at least let us as Christians encourage one another to go to the scriptures and develop our rationale for voting. And what we discovered in this process is that, you know, there were other sort of islands of uh, thought that were like us, people who had shared similar values, and were both, uh, you know, pretty politically and religiously conservative, and there were some people who were interested that were, you know, left-leaning politically, and as we went along, we found that the people who were left-leaning politically, even though they were Christians, really didn't want to get into the discussion. They didn't want to stay in the discussion, which was really unfortunate, Um, so... As time went by, you know, Mark and I went into the, uh, the podcasting domain, and we've been doing the God and Government podcast for about four years to just try to put the ideas out there, you know, in a, in a non-confrontational, non-angry you know, manner, but allow people to say, you know what, the Bible is not just a book of fables. It's not just a book that you open on Sunday morning, but you actually apply it as best as you can to your daily life and the decisions, you know, the way you vote and so forth. So that that's the the background of it. You know, professionally, I, I'm I'm retired. I'm happy to say, uh, I worked in public social services for a long time, and I just said goodbye to my my career so that I can focus on things that really mean more to me, which is my marriage, my family, uh, my ministry, and music, which is my uh, you know I mean, largely it's been a part time thing for me. So those are the things that I intend. To do, And that, that's who I am. I also have a uh, master's degree in church history, so I have a little bit of, you know, uh, academic knowledge to go behind my political opinions. That's me.
0: Uh, before you go, Mark, um, let me ask, uh, John, it was funny. When you were saying, what you were saying, the scripture came to mind, mm-hmm. man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. That pretty much pertains to every day and everything. Agree, You know Agreed. that that we have to do that. But you you say you retired now?
1: I retired. Yeah, I took my retirement. Uh, I've been a public social servant for twenty one years, basically, and uh, I decided that God has been calling me to go on to do a new a new thing in my life and go on to a new phase. So I took my retirement. I'm going to venture. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit around and and do nothing. I'm I'm going to work at other stuff. But uh, technically speaking, I'm a retiree. Well, and for I some, get the uh, the discount uh, dinner at Denny's now if I want.
0: For someone that retired in two thousand and seventeen, let me welcome you to the club. I am happy to be there. I love and, it. <laughs> and, and let me assure you, what you're going to find out, and th- this is the strangest thing in the world. You're going to find out that you have less time to accomplish the things you want to mm-hmm. accomplish now as you retire than you mm-hmm. did when you were working.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I just have to be a good time manager and pray to God a lot. Yeah. All right, Mark, your turn.
0: Yeah,
2: following John is like, trying to follow
1: Elvis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see, I've got a washboard and uh, some spoons. Let's see what I can do with those. (laughs) Well, Mark Richardson, I I guess guess you can say, I'm sort of, uh, as we announce ourselves on The God and Government, I'm John's wingman. Um, I'm also like, I also consider myself a comedy relief, but from a spiritual standpoint. I like to you know i mean john's a well-versed individual it's like i couldn't i couldn't sit up there and go yeah i can't hold a candle to that however i have read what's us see what's it called oh bible yes i've read yes. the bible <laughs> and and my, my perspective tends to be more of the everyman that's the some that's the thing i really try to promote with uh with god and government you know we both we both quote scriptures we both try to tie those scriptures into what's going on from a government standpoint I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I try to. I try to put myself in the shoes of the person who's going day to day, who has to pay their bills, who mm-hmm. has to listen to the endless barrage of uh, rhetoric that comes from the left and from the Democratic Party that tells them if you believe in God, if you if you don't sign on with the idea that abortion is a sound idea, if if you do you don't believe in a you believe there's more than two genders if you say if you believe um that the economics that we're going through currently is a good thing and thank you thank you to the democratic party for putting us in that position i try to give a perspective as hey look i'm not a bad person i'm just trying to show you where i'm not trying to change your mind i'm trying to show you the other side of things And, and like what john described part of my dissatisfaction with things especially from a church standpoint uh, came from, I guess you could say the tipping point was uh, Mr. Floyd. And what I saw in our ministry was anything but spiritual or godly. As opposed to going first to God and to Jesus, and then taking that situation from that approach, as John described earlier, we went from an emotional standpoint.
0: You you like said me. Mr. Floyd, we're talking about yep. you- George, George Floyd? Floyd, yes. Okay, I just want to be clear on what we were talking about. Yep. Go ahead. Fair yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
2: And what we saw was the fact that if we didn't, especially as, especially myself as a black male, if I didn't automatically uh, sign on to the idea that he was murdered and there was injustice, injustice, uh, let me grab, grab a Molotov cocktail and burn down my local store, then obviously I was the enemy. And I saw firsthand I, I don't even know what to describe. It was almost as if we went down the rabbit hole of insanity. I mean, things that I think that I saw friends that had been living life together for 20, 30 plus years, all of a sudden, no, no longer on speaking terms. Mm. Um, white guilt came out in, in, in droves where all of a sudden these people, real meaning rational individuals decided that uh, because I'm white, I'm guilty. I have my own white privilege. And I, first thing out of my mouth was, well, can I have some of that privilege? I could use some of that privilege, but can I have that privilege on toast? I mean, it was like, where, where, where do I, where do I sign up for this white privilege thing? It seems pretty good. It seems like a pretty good deal. Mm. But the mindset was just, I don't even know what to describe it as. It's almost like a, a schizophrenic mind change. These people were, you were friends with no longer, no longer friends. Now you're the enemy. And. We both, myself and John, kind of experienced sort of a negative backlash because we just we decided, you know, I'm sorry, Um, I love, I was like, I'm sure your Kool Aid is a very nice flavor, but I rather not have it. So I, so I'll, I'll pass.
0: Wait a minute, was and, that them their Kool Aid or your Kool Aid? <laughs> it's like
2: uh, their Kool Aid. We tried to offer we tried to offer them our Kool Aid and <laughs> it was spiked out of our hand. So okay, well there you go and. So after that I had to I had to, decided to change ministries um stabilized the uh, the ministry that I went with sort of more closer to what I felt biblically was a a Bibli- a bible-based ministry.
0: We're talking about Not changing I, churches?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, change it's like it's, it was the same church but different location. I went from uh, okay. LA to uh Simi Valley, California. Okay. Uh, the ministry leader out there was a friend of my wife's and uh, really helped take us in after the traumatic experiences that we uh, experienced in the LA church. Wait a
0: minute, wait a minute. And, you a black man decided to leave the LA church and go to church in Simi Valley? I know. How dare I? <laughs> you know, just for the audience that don't know, Simi Valley is is known as a predominantly white area. Most of the LAPD I hear live in Simi Valley. I mean, I'm not against of, it. I'm just trying to get perspective here.
2: Right. A, a, a lot of the sheriffs, uh, like some of the yeah, sheriff's sheriff of deputies reside out there too. Well, you know... Uh, you know, Sam, that's re- that's really why every year I have to uh, I have to retest my black card. So
0: would well, you see so you sound to me a lot like me when you're thinking from a rational, biblical perspective. And like you said, many of these people are emotional. It doesn't matter. And I I know this wasn't a topic. we were going to get on But it, it doesn't matter that Mr. Floyd would rob a pregnant woman at gunpoint would do a bunch of different stuff was actually in the midst of a crime now the the, the procedure that went on with him as, as far as uh, minneapolis police was concerned yeah i'm not making excuses for anybody there was a whole lot of crap to go along go to go around um uh, but the the what, what came of that what, what blows my mind is like you said people would riot and burn down their own neighborhoods like you 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 made us mad, so I'm gonna make sure I gotta go 20 miles and get groceries next week. You know, but they don't go. They didn't go run. They didn't go to the suburbs and run, burn down the white folks' neighborhood that they was mad at. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I, I I'm not trying to go to go there, but I'm interested in how you guys got to be friends.
1: Wow, I, gosh, we've known each other probably 20 or more years. I'm sorry. Uh, We're probably probably twenty or more years we've known each other. Because
0: I know that you came from New Jersey and you came from my wife's hometown, Detroit.
1: Yeah, correct. We both we yeah we both landed up in Los Angeles in the early nineties.
0: Okay, Okay. and then we
1: both landed up in the same uh, ministry uh, in the mid nineties, and that's that's how we uh, you know we had a very active ministry which was relatively apolitical back then, Um, and it it was a very active sort of arts ministry and both Mark and I are uh, at least peripherally in the arts. And so we congregated with a lot of people who were in the arts in Hollywood. Um, and and we, it was just a very active ministry that was very evangelistic. So we would all be involved in reaching out to people and doing Bible studies and having Bible talk groups and, you know, really, really trying to have a Jesus-centered impact in the entertainment industry and so uh, you know that's that's how i uh you know met mark and it wasn't until years later that um we discovered that we were sort of islands of conservative thought in this sea of you know de facto uh liberalism uh in our ministry and that was maybe eight or ten years ago when we you know connected on that level and it was it was refreshing because i would find myself like man i have to mute myself around a lot of people because, they, you know, they just didn't get it um, or they didn't understand or they didn't agree or, or whatnot. And so I'm like, well, oh, instead of making waves, I'll just sit here and be quiet unto myself until I met Mark and some other guys in the church like, oh, wow, we kind of think alike. And that That's basically what it was.
0: Oh, wow. yeah. Well, so that's uh, that's interesting because that it brings me that, that your friendship, um, I, it may seem simple. I'm trying to see if I can frame this right. Uh, Mark sort of alluded to it, that when all this mess with the Floyds and and the, and the the different racial animosity started kicking in. because from my perspective, this country wasn't nowhere near as separate as it was until Obama came in the office and they started fanning the flames. Suppose, you know, he was hoping change, you know? And then of course, from my perspective, we all hope we had some change by the time he got out. But he fanned the flame of division, And now, you know, like these fellows now have a blowtorch to it. But for your personal relationship, it seemed like it was strong in spite of that. Because if I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it seemed like the foundation of it was more man of God based. Yes. You know, and, and, and see, and it's just like me. I go to. Uh, my my church is, is, is actually is more white folks than anybody, but it's not a color thing. We don't look at it as a color thing. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, the, and these are men that I associate with that believe in Jesus Christ, that He's Lord, and that we want to bring Him glory, and we want to live in a manner that is respectful to Him, yeah. and. <clears throat> so I try, like I, one of the terms that I use in my show is viewing the world through the lens of Jesus Christ, not viewing Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. With that perspective, it's easy to see right from wrong, but we got people that can't handle that. So I was just looking mm-hmm. at you guys as, a, as, 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 not as a couple, you know, I know you guys are individually married, you know, to women. <laughs> I got to be clear, they are married to women. Yes. And not the
1: same one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, we. You know, I think I think that's true. Like at the base of everything, Mark and I do not agree on every bullet point, right? Um, and when you listen to our podcast, you're going to find that we differ. But there's never a love lost over those differences. And I think um the, the, the core of it is our mutual love of God, and that. Something else that we share that we, you know, as a conservative living in a blue area, if you want to survive without being a hermit, you actually have to learn how to appreciate other people who don't agree with you. And both of us have that similar value. It's like, you know what, even if this person in my ministry disagrees with me, I still can love them as a brother in Christ. Right. And Mm -hmm. do my best to try to shed as much light as possible in the hopes that maybe their viewpoint will (laughs) come closer to, to the Bible. But you know, I don't have that animosity towards other people who disagree with me. I think Mark is similar of my set.
2: Nah, I hate them all, but no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I jest, I jest, folks, I jest. Um it's pretty it's, it's much like the it's much that is the truth. I don't I don't come out, I have no interest in getting in getting myself all worked up and frustrated over people whose Thoughts and ideology is basically a dog is a cat, or mm. a say a table is a a table is a woman. You know, it's like mm. I, I I I try to understand where they're coming from, but at the same time too, I have to balance it out with, hey, look, you know, I'm following Jesus. I'm following the Bible. You know, the Bible the Bible says, hey, you know, I love you. You know, we can still hang out and have coffee what have you but I'm not going to sit here with a straight face and embrace your principles and philosophies. If you're Mm -hmm. having trouble with that, I'm sorry, but I have to have, I have to have something. Oh, that's where conviction. That's the word I'm looking for. I have to have something to stand on and say, you know, this is black. This is white. One plus one equals two, not five, not seven. It doesn't, you know, it's like, so if I'm sorry that I'm not going to embrace your insanity or basically agree to your insanity right I, I think uh i think uh an author a podcaster radio host i guess he I guess he's I guess he's, he's he's running for president as well uh, larry elder in mm. california used, used one of my favorite quotes which was facts to a liberal is like kryptonite to superman so I was yeah like, so <laughs> i can present every fact data points everything else that i can but because you are emotionally attached to your religion, i.e., liberalism, there's anything that I can say will basically be shouted down. I will be I will be pilloried, I'll basically be tarred and feathered and, and hung upon my hoisted upon my own petard. Oh,
0: well you know, For me, I um <clears throat> I look at a couple of things. One of the things I look at is that when these children grow up, there need to be some kind of record that there were some sane people in the world that all of us didn't lose our mind. Just like what Mark's talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to deal with the this, this, this stupid stuff. They need to have a record that there were some people that never sold out to the wokeism and the stupid stuff, you know, and I learned a long time ago when I was in a very dysfunctional relationship, it was so dysfunctional and I was being lied to so much that I was trying to justify the lie. And then I was also trying to rationalize why this person, or try to understand why this person thought the way they thought. And the more I tried that, the crazier I became. And I, and I realized that you can't do crazy unless you're crazy. So I quit trying to un, trying to understand why people were nutty. I decided that I'm just going to stay with the same side, present the same side, mm-hmm. and let you know, yeah. if they wake up, God bless them. And if they don't, you know, there's room for them folks who want to Sodom. them. You know, I don't know.
2: Sam, how dare you use logic and rationale? Shame (laughs) on you, sir. Shame. shame,
0: That's what we have to do. Uh, Let Hmm. us see here. So, gentlemen, today was the end of the Supreme Court session. And I wanted to talk about a few of those cases since I had God and government guys with me.
1: That sounds good to me.
0: You know, one of those cases was Creative LLC and LNS. I'm not sure the pronunciation, but it was this, this woman in Colorado, and these folks in Colorado is crazy. Mm-hmm. They went after the bakery guy because he wouldn't do the cake. Then they sent somebody else after the bakery guy. I think he still has another case pending, which maybe, hopefully, this one to get rid of. But they 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 ruled six three that you can't force somebody to make a, a a gay or whatever website something that's against your first amendment rights of freedom of mm-hmm. religion because these people are trying everything to truncate your religion and by the way I'm a sort of segue on something I read with this which is not in this but it's in Michigan. Well, they're trying to put in a law. <laughs> governor over there is trying to put in a law that if you offend somebody, you can go to jail. You know, you say the wrong thing. I don't know if you have read about that yet, Mark, but uh, I mean it's it it, it it it's it's nutty. So, so what do you guys think about that case and that other that Michigan nonsense? So basically, uh,
1: what happened there is that uh, just just to refresh my memory, so the Supreme Court has basically reaffirmed. The position that you do not have, you cannot force speech. Is that what it is? You cannot force uh, somebody to use their intellectual property to make a message that they don't agree with.
2: Yeah, as I okay. believe that's what, right? the, what, the, I, I think what that's the agreement vote was. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Mark. I, I'm, uh, I'm looking up a verse, and I wanna, I'll leave Mark to, to comment because I want to use a scripture to, to discuss this.
2: Oh wow. It's like it's like, well, of course, Dr. Dr. Steinberg over there, it's like he'll, he'll be delving into scripture. I'll be like, dip, 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 dip. but the main point about that was it's just if you think about it, once again, on its face of logic. And people who, who get all upset about that is you won't want to pose them, pose them a question and going, okay, say you're you're a liberal, you voted for Biden. You was like, you voted, you voted for your democratic uh, legislature, governor, what have you. You feel pretty good about yourself, and you have a website. Let's 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 flip things around. What if I decided to come to you and say, as i say, and say, for example, you're gay or lesbian, and I came to you, because I came to you, and said, "Look, I would like, I would like a like a website that we like, that affirms marriage is between a man and a woman." You know, I'm willing to pay. How would say, like, how would that we be able to do that? I think that people, I think the person would say no so fast, it would make my head spin. But yet as i like, but yet when the roles are reversed there's outrage you know people are clutching their pearls fainting couches plenty, and you kind of sit back and wonder it's like so all for thee and not for me mm-hmm. so you're saying so your standards are you know you can say no and everything's great but if this person says no then all of a sudden i my rights have been violated i'm offended i'm going to sue common sense it's, it's a it's not common and there's not much sense. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, you know, this country, as far as I understood, like um, one of our principles, like was freedom of religion. I, I, I don't know if I got an unusual idea in my head about that, but I thought that we were predicated in part uh, on the fact that no law should be passed that would oblige anybody to follow any kind of specific religion. And, um, basically that we're also supposed to be able to say what we want to say. So compelled speech or compelled religion is unconstitutional. And because we have those as tenants, it's sort of in our DNA as, as Americans to say, Hmm, I, I don't agree with that philosophy. And I'm a religious person. I don't agree with it because of religious reasons. And then, if I'm actually devout and biblical, I go to the Bible, and the Bible says in Romans 14:23, "But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because uh, the eating is not from faith. For whatever he does not, for whatever does not proceed from faith, is sin." Now, this passage is talking, you know, in an ancient context of eating food from, you know, dedicated to idols. But the principle that the Bible lays out. If you do do something and it does not proceed from faith, you're sinning. So essentially, essentially, if somebody comes into that, you know, bakery or or whatever company is to make something and you're asking them to do something that violates their conscience or violates their religious principles, you are asking them to do a a sin. Now, I know that's not a popular word in, in our modern lexicon, but sinning, is basically going, you know, it's it's worse than speeding, you know, running through red light and, you know, getting ticked off at a cop. It's violating the, the creator of the universe's principles. And that has long-lasting effects. And as people of faith, we want to try to avoid those things. We don't want to be mean to people. We don't want to deny people their liberties. But we also do not want to jump into things that make us have to sin. And that, I would say, that has to be brought out. We as Christians have to advocate for that. I don't, you know, you want to have whatever message you want. I'm not going to be the one to do it. And you should be okay with that. And here's another thing, guys. I bet you dimes to dollars that there is not one radical, you know, woke person who would take an offensive message into a bakery owned by um, someone who is Muslim who's a devout Muslim, and say, hey, you know what? Make me a ham sandwich, and oh, by the way, you know, right, you know, Adam and Steve uh, are getting married. They wouldn't do it because they know that the people who follow that faith generally actually have some gumption and are going to push back big time, whereas, you know, the, the, the nice, soft, you know, Christianly type of person is a nice, easy target. And I think we as Christians have to stop purporting, you know, presenting ourselves as easy targets and say, no, we're going to push back. You're not going to do it to me. You're not going to do it to my Jewish neighbor. You're not going to do it to my Muslim neighbor or any other neighbor because we all have freedom of religion and not one of us, whatever our faith tradition is, wants to sin just because you have your particular viewpoint.
0: Well, you know, I believe that wokeism in and of itself is a religion and they're trying oh, really? to indoctrinate us into that religion. And 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 the piggyback on the scripture you had was one I read the other day, it was in James four and 17. It says, so whoever does the right thing, excuse me, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Mm. So yeah, if this woman said, I can't do that. Just like the bigger guy, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. You can't do it. You know? I mean, I just, you know, that, 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 that's sin, that's wrong. I mean, I'm just flat out violating my fidelity with the Lord, I'm not gonna do it. And, mm-hmm. but, but see, you're right another point about the Muslim, they, they would never bring this stuff to a Muslim,
1: never.
0: You know, let, them, let them go to Dearborn, uh, Michigan and bring mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and say, yeah, we're gonna, yeah. You know, I want you to bake this cake for me and I want a pig on top mm-hmm. of it, oh, all yeah. hell would we'll break loose. You know, so so no, this is uh we are the target and 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 mm-hmm. we are the target because unfortunately too many of our men quit being manly.
1: That's correct.
0: You know they, they, they quit they quit standing up and they and, and they you know they, they forgot the fact when they read that Jesus said turn near the other cheek, it wasn't forever. And he also told them if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and get one. That's right yeah anyway where were you going? i see mark bitten to the chop go for it go mark
1: oh was I? <laughs> it's like
2: i was not gonna chop <laughs> but you know it, it's like let's let's call this what it is i mean it's the fact when you look at romans let's see where i'm at i'm at romans um uh, yeah romans 126. oh no let's go be a little, let's go a little further romans 124. oh i mean romans is just basically gold anyway Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, start, it's like, let's start at 23. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor give thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And then what happened? It's like, what, what basically does God say when you when you basically stop following him, and you start following, as I would say as an example, it's like, Wokeism. Would you Would you start following the you know the god of woke, which is I don't know what it is a tree branch, a telephone pole. I'm not sure, but it's but Floyd. It's like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like it's Floyd. Yeah. It's all, it's it so. may
0: change between now and the time we get through recording. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, but basically is, like, <laughs> or you could sit back and say yeah. it's it's any it's any unfortunate quote unquote black man who was murdered by like by evil by evil white cops. Regardless of the circumstances, like as you said earlier, as to are what are these? I mean, we made George Floyd out to be a saint. I'm having trouble reconciling his history and his past with sainthood. But you know, okay, there you go.
0: You just got to go visit <laughs> his statues, and you know, reconcile, you know, and repent. I guess. Okay, okay.
2: I get, would I would I would I have to bring a uh, ham sandwich for? Uh, you know, it's like to to, to give it up for uh... <laughs> as a sample, but you know, that therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts and sexual impurity for the, the the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served creative creator things or created things rather than the creator who is forever praised, amen. Because of this, God gave them over the shameful lust, even the women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust from one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, one more line, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice, they're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They, they invent ways of doing evil. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Does that, does that ring a bell with anybody's hand there? Yeah, I
1: kind know.
2: Of. They disobey their parents, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous degree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them.
1: Mm.
2: That's the world 2023.
1: Mark, I only have one thing to say to that, which is that you have become the new black face of white supremacy by reading that passage.
2: Exactly, and people, I know people are basically like, oh, oh, how dare he say that, I'm I'm sorry, folks, facts is facts. I'm sorry you don't like the facts, but you need to hear them. So there you go.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that's where we are, I mean, in twenty twenty three, it's a it's an ugly situation, but at yeah. least we have a you know. And this is why people need to understand: it is very important who wins presidential elections. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the situation right now with the Supreme Court justices that we have, um, because the three that that went against these all these rulings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, if they would have had three more on their side it would have been all kinds of weird stuff. So, you know, people, you know, they need to consider that when they're voting, that it's not just about the man that's in the office and his bad tweets and 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 how he's not nice all the time. And, you know, it's about what kind of uh, policies that they're gonna put forth, what kind of justices, and it's not just the Supreme Court. They put federal judges all throughout the, 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 the nation. Yeah. You know, you know, so people shouldn't be neglectful on that. But let's go to the next case. I don't want to make sure we get it. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is that student loan forgiveness.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, because I, you know, I, 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 I told people, say, hey, wait, okay, I tell you what, if we're gonna go down that route, I want my money back. You know, but I mean, it was, it was a ridiculous, actually, it was a Ponzi. It was a lie from day one. Biden even admitted that it was not, not constitutional. And it, and it shows, it shows several things. The fact that they don't teach civics in schools anymore. The fact that our society has been dumbed down to the point where they'll just believe anything. The fact that our news, so-called news media won't, tell the public the truth and they let these people run around for a couple of years thinking I'm going to get loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like when they had the, uh, the people, uh, the moratorium on renters paying because of the COVID thing, you know, got people thinking about, Oh, I'm never going to pay that money. You know, I don't have to pay that money. Somebody's got to pay that money. Oh yeah you know and these the, these owners aren't going to just take it in the shorts forever the banks are not going to take it in the shorts forever
2: yeah once again, uh first off our friends in the media which people if yeah, if they took civics you know back in the day you understand that's why it's called the fifth estate the the media was basically designed or created to be a balance between both the people and the government by 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 providing all right this senator said this we present that this is what they believe this is what this bill will will accomplish all right we disagree with that because of a b c and d we leave it to the people now here's the information here's the front here's the four here's the against you make your decision once upon a time that used to be the case but now the media has leaned so far to the left that it's basically just become a propaganda tool for the uh you know the, for the democratic party and this loan forgiveness is the biggest sham i've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life First off, you're getting emotional and you're basically demanding something that you don't deserve in the first place. And if critical thinking is just a, a very simple process of asking relative questions regarding the, the situation and coming up to your own, coming up with your own conclusions. So what you're basically telling me is: so everybody else who did the right thing, who was responsible, was a man or, or a strong woman who took it's like took the loan, understood what the loan meant understood what it was due, decided to go to a school that you probably may not have afforded, but you decided to go anyway, got your degree, and you knew now you now the payment was due. So now all of a sudden it's because well wait a minute, I took my degree in, in liberal basket weaving 101 and I can't and I can't afford that 60000 dollars it's like a loan payment. I want, I I want you to, I I want to embrace my inner Bono, Bono from you too. And I want that loan wiped, I want that wiped out. I want to say, but wait a minute. Do you understand basic economics? Money just doesn't disappear. You still, there's still people who invested in that money and, and their investment gave you that education. Oh, but silly me. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand life. I just, I just want what I want. So you're a narcissist you're basically navel gazing and it's me, me 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 and I want I want what I want now no that's not life or is that being called an adult you have responsibilities take your responsibilities pay your bills and live with it if you can't afford it oh here's a crazy idea get a second job sell your stuff do whatever you hold yard sales mow mm-hmm. lawns do whatever you need to do to pay your bet to pay your debt because that's biblical that's godly what what you're what you're what you're trying to pull off isn't godly it's a joke and also it, it it basically spits on everybody else who did the right thing over years by the way you we didn't just do this loan forgiveness two weeks ago folks that's been happening for decades those people paid their bill what are you going to do is it going to make mm-hmm. the government pay them back there's no repercussions for your actions you just people just say things and they go well I
0: don't want to think about this. I just want it to happen. Uh, okay. So you, think, my <laughs> so you think that that woman's black liberal uh, feminist uh, historical education that they obtain they shouldn't have to pay for that. <laughs> just on the face of nothing just on the face
2: of the goal of the of the degree is like to do with that. <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should get a refund and go back and do something else i not been i mean you know it, it,
0: it's, it's
1: go ahead go ahead john if, if anybody should be repaid it's the taxpayers quite honestly we're the ones who've been putting the bill for you know, remember mark we had a a friend of ours named dan on our show and he was joking around and said that you know people were getting degrees in selective outrage and uh, marks <laughs> basket weaving you know and that's true people have been getting degrees and all kind of junk that they can't use or don't use and so the taxpayers are, are footing the bill but this discussion uh makes me think of the principle that jesus talked about in mark fourteen twenty five, and as a christian this to me is like okay You took out the loan, you know what you were doing, you have to be responsible. Without reading it verbatim here in the Bible, in Luke 14, Jesus tells a story, hey, look, there's a guy, he starts to build a house, right? And, oh, he ran out of money and he can't finish it. And all the people walk by and they're mocking him because he he couldn't finish it. And the principle is count the cost before you do something. That is maturity. And I love the theme that you have, Sam, of uh, Manly Mondays. This is a deficit, a vast deficit in our culture. For some reason, in the last 50 or 60 years, we have basically taken the idea of manliness or maturity and thrown it in the garbage, and we've attempted to infantilize everyone and insulate them from the effects or the consequences of their decisions. We are not going to raise a generation of young people who can actually work, build the economy, take care of senior citizens, raise children, build communities, if nobody is on the hook to pay their bills and take responsibility for their decisions. And the taxpayer should not be the insurance plan. I'm sorry, it just shouldn't.
2: Well, yeah. well you're right, go ahead. I, I was just about to just, just piggyback on that. And by making the infants, by making, by making men basically young children, who basically run around on scooters and have man buns and they do all types of ridiculous behavior instead of being adults. What they would instead of depending, depending on focusing on God, you know, praying to God for a taking God's word and pouring that into responsibility. I, I instead turn that into my mom, which is the government. The government will take care of me. The government will rub my head and tell me that I'm a good boy and give me stuff without me having to do much for it or nothing at
0: all. And see, that's what I'm saying. It's feminizing the manhood. I, I remember when my kids were little and, you know, they say, oh, can we get this, can we get this? I, I said, I don't have any money. Write a check. Just write a check. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, they don't understand the concept. And, and that's the way they, they have us now. They, like 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 you said, the, the government is mommy or daddy. They're, they're feminizing us and I, I, I tell people, look, why do you think, and this is, this is Sam Tolly, that many of these states are going for, uh, you know, legalized drugs or whatnot. You know, they're anesthetizing the population. An, an anesthetized population is a compliant population. If folks don't know their rights as a citizen, they can't exercise their rights. If you keep them stupefied, then they can't stop you from doing what they want to do to you. And then they, they, they take control situation, but these same people, they're not letting their kids go to broke down schools. that aren't teaching anything and they're not letting their kids get all drugged up. They're making their kids get educated and preparing them to take over their spot when they get too old to overrun the masses. And like I said, in California, where you, you, you turn it into, you, you're destroying the middle class or either they're leaving, you know, you're going to have the two tiered, um, uh, citizenry where you got the ultra wealthy or the, or the or the or the the poor or people who were fortunate enough to 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 inherit their property from their parents and they are still living within their means and they haven't gotten greedy or i don't, don't want to say greedy but they haven't decided to the clock in that nest egg if they haven't refinanced the death mm-hmm. and then move to texas or florida or north carolina and, and or whatever, and, and and get the hell out of there but but this society, uh, I think it's intentional. I think it's intentional to feminize men, and that's the one thing we gotta fight against thoroughly, Absolutely. the feminization yeah. of men.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, and you you make a good point, Sam, and you can even look at it, I think one of the biggest, the biggest thing that we have to make sure we're aware of and that we fight for is culture, you know, and politics is downstream of culture, as uh, Andrew Breitbart like, uh, once, once quoted. And you can even see it in movies. You can see it in television. You can even see it in comic books with the feminization of men. It's like where you have you have uh, gender swapping. We have men like comic book superheroes that are now women. You have you have so many movies now where they're featuring in. It's like the woman is the strong, independent, brilliant individual who will save who will save the world. And the, and the man the man's the man's a centerpiece. And it's a, and it goes on and on and on. And this is this is talked about like you said we're radio. Me.
0: and by the way that woman has just taken over the place from the homosexual because that was the yep. one that they were featuring previously yeah
2: mm-hmm. exactly so so so, so and, and you know what's coming next the trans it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like it's like and it's, i
0: was about to say except for the fact in real life we don't want a real woman we want a tranny to play the real yeah. woman yeah in real life <laughs>
2: and you kind of sit back and go uh what <laughs> but, but 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 let's carry you know just carry that carry that to its end to its end, its end game where you have you have uh boys used to be able to go out in elementary school and play tag and play dodgeball and run around and tackle one another and get scrapes and basically act a fool because we were it was like we were young men and we and we had to vent all that energy and you have now a lot of administrators who are women you have a lot of school boards are controlled maybe by women, who are basically throttling that emotion and basically trying to channel it into becoming women. And it's like, and it, that experiment will is doomed to failure because men are men, and you need to make and you need to bring strong men into into the system to make these boys into men, so that so that they can they can not only support their mate or their or the other women, but also support society because we see that first and foremost it's you know it's like i hate once again hate to offend people but men are different from women i know it comes out of shock i know i know that stuns you but it's the case men's muscular men's structure is different from women it's built it's built for strength lifting protecting fighting so forth and so on that's not saying that the woman can't go out and fight but if you're but if i'm doing a comparison I think think the man should win. Even you see it in some of the movies nowadays. Um, Gosh, what was that one? It was of the five women who were supposed to be, it's like the name of the the movie was taken from, I guess they, they used to be spies for Washington back in the day. And you see them battling these 220, 230 pound men and basically throwing them around the room. And you go, okay, great stunt work. I'm, I'm I'm sure that everybody knew their moves very well, but in reality, that would not happen. It doesn't yeah. happen.
0: Yeah, and how many? How much money did that movie make? <laughs>
2: uh, get woke, go broke. So there you
1: go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got one more case to run All through right, yep. before we run out. Go for and it. And this is the uh, this this one, the affirmative action case. You know, what what blows my mind about this affirmative action case is Well, several things. But I remember the the, the, the idea, if I'm, if I'm getting it right, was, you know, they, they, they wanted to make it equitable for minorities to, to get into some of these higher echelon colleges so they reduced the qualifications for them. But, you know, because they were talking about the white people were getting all the stuff. But some kind of miraculous way, they made the Asians white because the Asians typically would score higher than even the white people. And and, and I alluded it in my daily uh, dose today. I don't think Asians are any smarter than anybody else. I I think it's it's purely a fact that they had a culture or have a culture where studying is preeminent. Whereas many of us have a culture Mm I'm going to party, I'm going to relax, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to put in that time. I think regardless of what color or race you are, if you put in the time, you can exceed, just excel just like everybody else. So the, so the Asians were getting beat out of their place because they scored higher because they weren't black enough or brown enough or or, 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 man. or, 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 or whatever. Gentlemen, go for it. man
1: you know i i was it, it was good that this subject was brought before the court and i think justice was done because affirmative affirmative action in in the college admissions had morphed from an attempt to try to bring in um minorities who might otherwise have been overlooked because of historical racial patterns to basically um intentionally shunning Asian students um, in in favor of those, you know, whatever persons um, who did not perform as well on a merit base um, simply because of the color of their skin. And all of that is a very bad twisting of a well-intentioned project that started in the 60s. And in fact, as far as I know, historically, affirmative action as we know it really got legs under guess who a Republican president named Richard Nixon and Nixon um you know he's been a villain in American history Nixon was actually a pretty solid supporter of civil rights back in the 1950s and he was a proponent of this idea of affirmative action he was a relatively progressive Republican in that regard but you know if you're thinking about the civil rights movement and the successes in the 1960s of leveling the playing field um And Nixon comes into office in 69 and affirmative action gets started under him. This is right on the tail end of a really monumental social change. And you could make the argument pretty cogently back then to say, you know what? Black Americans have been ignored. High performing black Americans would not get the same job or the same college admission as a high performing white American because of the historical tension between whites and blacks. Up to that point. Now, we fast forward to our time 50 years later, um, regardless of what the exponents of CRT tell us, we've actually made progress (laughs) in our race relations, believe it or not. And I'm happy to assert that. Um, And quite frankly, it is an insult, in my view, to tell a black American, you need a hand up because you're black. Uh, You know, you have been oppressed, even though you don't feel it. Even though you are uh, high performing, you're academic, you work hard, you have good values, you need a hand up. <clears throat> now this guy over here, who comes from an Asian family, well, you know what? They're just too darn smart, and we need you. We're going to give you that little wink, wink, nod nod. come into our university or take this job or whatnot, because, gosh, we you know, we're going to pat you on the head because we feel so sorry for you because generations ago, um, there were some white people who really mistreated your ancestors and the vestiges of that are still here today. So come on. In. All of that is insulting. It is a degradation to manhood. It um, it lowers standards for those um, who want to achieve. And it really disincentivizes someone from actually putting in the hard work. If I'm a black student right right now, what incentive do I have to compete? and work hard academically. Why should I do that? I'm gonna get a free leg up because of the twisting of a policy that was meant to help uh, ameliorate actual racist (laughs) tendencies in the 1960s. So I think it's a a step in the right direction and we need to move towards responsibility and merit-based admissions in college and merit-based employment. As a matter of fact,
2: even, even even uh, Justice uh, Roberts, when he wrote his opinion, he talked about, "Look, what you can do is basically when you're going, if you want to apply to an Ivy League school, here's a crazy idea: Why don't you, it's like, when you're when you're writing your essay for for the admissions process, talk about your situation, talk about your life, talk about if you had hardships. It's like maybe it's like listing some of those hardships and how you conquered them. It's like how it's like you know how it's in this case if you have somebody with God's help." As I, you know, been able to move, I like move ahead, and even though I had, uh, I had poor schools, I may have had only a, a mother or a father, or sometimes like just a single parent, and I went through the, all those adversities. I might have been, in, I might have had gang trouble or gangs trying to uh, recruit me. All through that, I mean, I was able to keep my keep my grades high, and through that, I I want to bring that experience to this Ivy League school. So that people here can can share that experience and better themselves, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats.
0: You know, it's, it's funny. Um, it, it reminds me of this policy that they put in place recently, or Biden is trying to put in place, that people with a uh, with a higher credit score would be charged a little bit more interest, or or, or something to get a loan to help the folks that are at a lower score. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I think when you work hard, you appreciate what you have. If you work for a good education, you appreciate it. If somebody hands you something, you're not going to appreciate it because you didn't have to put the effort in. And then you might develop that attitude, where well, you owe me. Well, you don't. Know, nobody owes you anything. You know, it's up to the individual to stand up for himself. And, and, and like I said, it's up to men to be men. Men to raise boys to be men to be responsible to take care of their families, to do what's right, and to stand for themselves as men. We are uh, we're about at the one hour point, gentlemen. We had a great conversation. You know,
1: absolutely. Thank you.
0: And uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And maybe we'll do this another time. You fix your it. bill, but please let them know. How to reach you?
1: Well, we are on the Anchor platform, which is anchor.fm/backslash God and Government, all spelled out, and you can find it also on Spotify, uh, God and Government, and on on Facebook at the God and Government podcast. That's the best ways to find us.
2: Yep, uh, we're working on. I'm working on reading like podcasting for idiots, so we can develop our develop our podcast further, so we can actually have a uh, have comments and people can post on there, and we can uh, actually reply to those as well. So. We're moving forward, slowly but surely. Baby steps, everybody. That
0: sounds sounds great. So Mark Richardson, John Steinrich, I'm glad to have you guys on the first Manly Monday. God bless you both. God bless This is Samuel Talley, and I'm out.